Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have built on end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad, last week on the podcast, you promised a 5-1 and one week. I did promise it, yeah. And while the Giants didn't give quite give a five in one week, they did do well enough to uh, be in first place. They have the third, I think, no, they're tied for the second best uh, record in all of baseball. They are a half a game above the Dodgers, 17 and 11. They are in first place. So, well, wait, 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 wait. say that other part again. A half a game above the Dodgers. That and then the other part. They are in first place. I like I, I like both those parts. I just I just wanted you to say them again so I could relish in them. So you know what what's uh, it's crazy is because the, the the Dodgers are like the second coming of like the twenty seven Yankees, but you know baseball is it's all about the long haul and the Dodgers had to they had, they had some bad news today one of their big shots right-handers Dustin May it looks like he's gonna have to have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, that that's pretty crazy because that dude, you know, uh, he's pretty much uh, slated. I mean, he was kind of fighting almost for a spot in spring training. I think that was just to kind of, you know, a lot of times in spring training, you're not going to give away spots. Dustin yeah. May is still a young guy. And so they were pretty much saying, hey, you got to fight for a spot and whatnot. Dude is nasty. I mean, he's really, really nasty. He looks like Carrot Top, but he's nasty <laughs> on the mound. So you see a guy get on the mound and he looks like Carrot Top. You go, oh, this guy's going to throw like, you know, 75, whatever. But he's got all kinds of pitches. He's he's like a you Darvish type of guy where he comes at you um, just kind of lanky from all over the place, lots of different pitches. But yeah, I mean, he's going to have Tommy John, which is a bummer because even though he's a Dodger, we don't like to see we don't like to see injuries in baseball. No way, we hate to see it because when you you to be the best, you got to beat the best, and you want that team at their best when you come at them and you beat them. Um, do we want to see the guy be completely healthy and go own fifteen with the ten point zero zero ERA? Uh, yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what we want to see. We don't want to see this. So it's a bummer. You're going to miss this guy for the next year, year and a half, maybe. You know how it is. We see with Cueto, we see with all these guys coming off Tommy John. It takes them a while to kind of get back up to speed again. I guess the only positive thing is, is that he's so young that he'll rehab and he'll come back stronger more than likely. But it is going to take him a little while. Like you see these guys almost, you know, they have to almost relearn how to throw a ball correctly because it's so unfamiliar to them. But so let, let's stay in the, in the uh, NL West because Dodgers, I mentioned they, they are an offensive juggernaut. Uh, they are not the highest scoring team in the NL West, though. That would go to the hottest team in the NL West, which is the Arizona Diamondbacks, who started the season off so terribly to the point of where it was really sad watching Madison Bumgarner even pitch. And they are seven of their last 10. They've actually scored more runs than Dodgers, though they do give up a lot of runs. So if they don't get their starting pitching in order, they probably, you know, they'll be a fringe competitor, but they probably won't be in the mix. But, you know, their offense is really down. You have the Cincinnati Reds. They have scored 151 runs. Um, and then you go to the American League. And I think the highest scoring team in the American League, it's tied uh, Houston and Boston Red Sox at 138. So, you know, Scoring is just down kind of in general, but those D-backs can actually score the baseball, score some runs, 
And so they they provide a, a bit of a, a, a thing for the Giants because the, what do the Giants do well? They stop teams from scoring runs. They have the um, I think they have like the best. Uh, they're like under three runs a game or something, or right around three runs a game that they're giving up best in uh, best in baseball. So it's gonna be it. Like I know it's so it's still so early. We're, we haven't even played thirty games, but the way that the division is shaping up, the only real dog meat team is Colorado, and they'll probably be a dog meat team. You know, they made some really bad moves, and you know they we mentioned last week the GM change. So this this division is gonna be one of the best in baseball, and I think the Giants, you know, it's kind of like, you know, iron sharpens iron. They're not going to be able to take series off in the National League West. So I think if we think they're as good as uh, or if they if they are as good as we think they are, they're going to be competing against some good teams. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it is funny to say. Arizona's kind of creeping up. They did. They made some moves over the last couple of years to do this. They didn't sign Madison Bumgarner to a long contract just for kicks. I mean, they thought that they were building something. Last year was a weird year. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got a really good young team. They've got Cattell Marte, who's still on the injured list. I mean, once that guy comes off, they're going to start turning it on it even more on offense. Um, but, they, you know, they've got a really good team kind of built around him. Uh, they've got Peralta, his all always awesome. Um, their manager, Tori Lavulo, uh, really knows how to manage a team, a, a game. Um, Stephen Vogt, one of our favorites, uh, mm-hmm. catcher is over there. Uh, and then of course, Mad Bum. And you know, uh, oh, and Eduardo Escobar. I can't forget him because that guy just mashes too. Um, but you, you know how when you think about guys starting to become relevant, it, it happens when you start to pick them up in fantasy, right? That That's when you know teams are starting to kind of become relevant again. Not just a single player, but you see multiple players getting picked up. Um, I picked up Madison Bumgarner in our league. Uh, not not our National League only league, but the league that I run because uh, I need a little bit more pitching. And I looked at his last three games and he's been pitching kind of lights out. So, uh, you know, hopefully, and I guess his velocity on his, uh, on his fastball is up uh, two ticks. He's up two miles an hour so uh always love to see that because we hated to see what was happening to mad bum uh still don't want him to win any games in arizona because that's not good for us but uh yeah starting to get a little relevant here and and the national league west is 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 tight right from the get-go so and and i've got a little fun thing for you later on today where we're going to talk about some of that stuff in the national league west uh oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm putting you on the spot, man. <laughs> you're getting me back from last week. <laughs> no, last week was a blast. So you're, I think you're, you're gonna like this one. I think you're gonna like it. Okay, so uh, like I said, Giants go three and three. They take two out of three from Colorado. When we were recording that Monday, they blow the Rockies out twelve zero. Rockies win game two. Giants win game three, and then they go to San Diego. And you made the declaration that you thought that they were going to go five and one in that week. And I was like, oh, they got to sweep San Diego. Didn't it didn't necessarily happen. They I, I think I would have been really bummed out if San Diego did take all three games, though, because it was um, it would have just deflated sort of because because that's kind of like a measuring stick game like the Padres. We know the Padres are going to be good. Game one was close. Game two, not so much. Uh, you know, the Padres pulled away late. But then game three, 
you know, this team that they have where it's all about leverage and lefty righty and extending your bench and multiple things that I think, what did they get like five hits yesterday? And they win seven to one. Thanks to a guy that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Mike Talkman hitting a Jack and, I feel a lot better. It's only one game, but if they would have got swept by the by the Padres, I would have been like, "Ugh, they're they're exactly who everyone thought they were." But they win one, and we go, "Oh, they're still in first place. We're we're fine." Yeah, and that and that was just absolutely huge. I mean, you you go into that. Okay, so the week before, we pretty much declared Kevin Gossman an ace. We, we declared him our ace. So you lose the first two games to the Padres on the road. Then you have your ace on getaway Sunday, uh, middle of the day. It's, uh, where they do armed forces day there on Sunday, which is awesome. Those uniforms are some of the best in the majors, those camo uniforms. Those are pretty cool. Um, and so you've got your ace on the mound and here it is. You're in first place. This is a, uh, as early as you can get in the season, this is a are you for real game? And the Giants really went out there and showed them, yeah, we're for real. We have an ace. We can score runs. We can be patient at the plate and we can play defense. We can do all of that stuff and we can keep ourselves in first place. So that was just a, an enormous game. I, you know, I, I don't like to say it, it this early. I mean, it's the first week of May, but you know, that's what the season is. It's 162 games. So you've got to look at games every now and then and say, you know, can they stomach this? If they can stomach this now, it, they just build off of it and become that team uh, as you go later in the season. So they, uh, they had, I mentioned, um, the Talkman trade, but before we get to the Talkman trade, I want to talk about the player of the week because I feel like we may get our first repeat player of the week based on some of the earlier votes that I saw, but I, I haven't seen the poll since uh, earlier when I voted. Oh, you haven't looked. Okay, cool. I've been looking all day. I, re- I hit refresh like every 15 minutes because I, I love having these polls up. They're so fun. I love when people participate. So <clears throat> what we've got is I threw three names out there. We went, um, I will actually, let's, I'm going to go in reverse order. Uh, so coming in third place was Anthony DeSclafani, uh, with only 17.6% of the vote, which I was a little shocked because he had a really good week. And, and you know what, when we do this poll seven days after a guy does something awesome, maybe that kind of hurts him a little bit, but DeSclafani had that complete game shutout a week ago today. So he went 15 innings on the week. 12 strikeouts, only three walks, a 1.80 ERA, and had that complete game shutout. He only threw, what was it, uh, basically one mistake pitch to Manny Machado, uh, gave up three runs, and that was on, let me see, was that on Saturday? Yeah, that was on Saturday against Blake Snell. Um, So, you know, he's basically like one pitch away from giving up maybe a run in his second outing uh, and keeping that Saturday game close against the Padres. And then, uh, and then they go four and two. I mean, really they played like a five and one team this week. Let's just leave it at that. So I was right, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, five I you're right. played like a five. We'll take it. Yeah, I'm sure. Why not? So he came in third place and second place was Mike Talkman, the new guy, the new kid, 29.4% of the vote. Um, New kid on the block this week. Oh, oh, oh. He had uh, he hit 313, one home run, five RBIs, and two runs scored. Uh, so he got 29.4% of the vote. And uh, you got a drum roll? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let's see. All Hold right. on. Can you okay. see if you can hear put it? Drink. Put, put your drink down. 
Ah, I hear that. That is a fantastic drum roll. You got to Do you have a full-size drum kit there? No, but you know what happened is uh, Siri heard, Siri heard the drum roll and kind of got excited. <laughs> <laughs> she heard the drum roll and she goes, "Do you want me to play Hot for Teacher by Van Halen?" Is that what you want? So. <laughs> so, and then in in first place, we have our first repeat player of the week. Number two for Buster Posey, his second player of the week award. Buster Posey comes in first place, 52.9% of the vote. He had just an awesome week, 10 hits on the week. And you know, he doesn't start every game, but when he's in there right now, he's just doing everything he can for the team. 10 hits, hit 588 on the week with two home runs, five RBIs. And my favorite stat of all time, he had a .702 Woba. Who is this guy? We haven't seen this guy in like five years. You know, he's putting the bat on the ball. He's spraying the field, which is so awesome to watch. When when Posey is spraying the field, you just know that he is dialed in and on. I was super excited to see them uh, uh, kind of kick it off tonight in Colorado. Uh, we got the rain out tonight, so we got a doubleheader tomorrow. Um you know, so and, and again, we'll talk about that. But a doubleheader is really seven innings per yeah. game. I have a hard time with that. I, I'm okay with the extra base rule. I have a hard time with the doubleheader seven innings. So hopefully that kind of goes by the wayside. But congrats to Buster Posey, his second player of the week award for the Thompson to Clark podcast player of the week. All right. So the day after we recorded. The Giants made a trade. We we had, I feel like we'd been a little high on Wandy Peralta, and what the yeah. Giants were doing is, you know, maybe shining a little bit of a light on him to to see, you know, if, if there's some teams <laughs> who are interested in in one Wandy. One team was very interested, which is the uh, New York Yankees, and they had an outfielder who checks all the uh, Farhan Zadie boxes can play all of the outfield positions, left-handed hitter, uh, takes a lot of pitches, gets on base, and they just put him right in the starting lineup because they're, they're having their own difficulties with, with some injuries here and there, obviously. Uh, it actually was kind of funny when, when they did the trade. You, I think you texted me or you tweeted or something saying, oh, that means your strength is going to be gone for a while. And I was like... Oh, maybe. And then boom, he, he literally went on like the DL like right after that. So what do you think? What'd you think about Talkman? Like he when when I look, you know, if you if you look at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, the baseball card, what does the back of the baseball card look like? Not too fantastic. He doesn't he hasn't had a ton of chances, but he just fits into what they want him to do. And I feel like he's probably a lot more valuable on the Giants than he would be on some other teams. Yeah, I think so. And the Giants were really looking for a left-handed bat, uh, somebody who can play all the left field or all the outfield positions. So they were really looking for somebody um, that could do that. And, 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 you know, even if Yaz doesn't get hurt, maybe they still make this trade. Uh, maybe it was kind of in the works before he even got hurt uh, because he's a guy that just kind of like you you even said in, in a in a text, he, he really fits that Zadie mm-hmm. mold. Um, he's that guy who's gritty, tough, gamer, gets on base, hits the ball hard, and plays good defense. Speaking of good defense, I, I just want to throw out there, 
we laughed at the lineup last Monday night. We go, this is a lineup, you know, <laughs> that you're going to see. You're going to see Dubon at short, uh, Flores at second. It's kind of rough, uh, this and that. But you know what? It's been talked about all over Twitter that the Giants have really worked on their defense in the offseason. Uh, they had one error this entire week. And and we break down the podcast. We, we, we break down a week on the podcast because we record, try to record every yes. Monday. So our, our uh, is, you know, Monday to Sunday. Um, and so in the entire week, all six games, they had one error in, in all the games. And that's also keeping them in games. That's keeping them tight and close. Good pitching, good defense. You're going to win ball games. I don't care what era it is. Um, if you've got good pitching, you can keep the ball in the ballpark. If they're keeping the ball in the ballpark and they're hitting the ball hard, you have good defense and you can get those outs. You can get to balls that you most likely wouldn't get to uh, with with bad mm-hmm. defense. So it, it all kinds of pl- kind of plays off of each other. But but Talkman really kind of fits that mold. Um, you know, is he a Gold Glover? No, probably not. But the fact that he is. Uh, has a very viable glove. I mean, you saw him make a diving play. Was it his first or second game? I can't remember, but he, he had just gotten here, made a diving play on a ball in center field. Automatically, the pitchers look at that and they go, this guy's a, a gamer. He's going to play hard for us. We love him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, he's going to have power. He's going to have a little bit of power. In 2019, 13 home runs, 47 ribs, uh, 865 OPS. But that was pretty much it. I mean, that was kind of his coming out party. Uh, 2020, struggled a little, little bit last year. A lot of guys did, though. He hit 242, didn't have any home runs. Um, and he's got one home run this year. So basically, you look at, he played in Colorado 2017 and 18 and didn't hit one single home run in like, let me let me do quick math here real quick. 59 at-bats, didn't hit a single home run. That's not a huge, um, you know, a huge sample. He, he just couldn't get the any fact that he's well, yeah, and and that might be it. So, I mean, they they had a couple. They had some decent teams in seventeen and eighteen. Uh, good outfielders trying to get guys in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited to have him. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, I hate to see Yastrzemski on the IL. They're calling it a still even after the MRI. They're calling it a mild oblique strain. Um, obliques are tricky. You can see guys try to come back from from those too early and get hurt. So they're playing it safe, and now they really have uh, a way to play it safe with Talkman. Um, Giants started with uh, five left-handed relievers in the bullpen. Do you remember this, Garrett? Do you remember just like, God, what was it? Maybe five, six years ago, where if you had one quality lefty in the bullpen, Javier Lopez, you, Javier Lopez. I mean, you were fine. And I felt, uh, you, you were fine. You, you had your two just dynamic lefties and you were good to go. Um, just like we had Watson Mm -hmm. for a couple of years too. And now, the Giants have this um, plethora of left-handers. They, they started the season with five in the bullpen. They're down to four because they got rid of Peralta. Um, they've got, let's see, Selman is up now with the club. Um, let's see who else. Jake McGee was there from the start. Barrett, Berger, Alvarez. Oh, uh, Harlan Garcia. He's one on the DL. Hurt. So yeah. that was the other one. Yeah, so they've got four lefties in the bullpen. That's still a lot of lefties to have. Um 
so, so that move made sense. Uh, you know, I don't know Juan Peralta's um, contract uh, status, but I believe, from what I remember, they gave him a one-year deal on arbitration. So I think he still has another year of ARB, uh, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But but I think I, th- I really do think it was a fantastic move. Um, kind of shores up that offense a little bit. All right, now, maybe the not-so-great news have to talk about this injury bug that's got this team right now. You mentioned, we mentioned Baby Yaz. Uh, Solano has been out. Yesterday, Listella hurts his hammy. Uh, we know Longoria has been a little bit banged up. Like he's hitting the crap out of the ball, but he's also a little bit on the older side. So he has not, he seemingly hasn't been really been able to run full speed, even when, even when he has been playing. Crawford's a little dinged up. Belt's always dinged up. Yeah, uh, uh, Garcia went went on the DL. We still have Johnny Cueto on the DL. Is is this is this just here? Here's what I hope. I hope that this is just like okay. The law of averages says every team's going to have X number of injuries. Giants are just getting theirs out of the way early because the one thing that they when when you don't have that like top five, top 10 player, or more than one in some cases, your depth is what carries you and your ability to maximize your roster is what carries you. But when you lose guys, it almost hurts even more because you don't have that one or two players that can just carry you because they're so good. The Giants need to stay healthy. And I, I, I hope that this is just kind of like, a little blip and not something that is a bigger issue. But the one thing about it is they're one of the older teams in a league. So that's what scares me. Yeah. And I totally get where you're coming from. And let's not forget Reyes Maranta, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. forearm tightness, which is never, ever a good thing. Uh, rarely do you see forearm tightness and then find out, oh, it's not a big deal. Uh, hopefully that's not the case at all. I'm not a doctor. Um, he's got some, um, shoulder flexor issues or uh, elbow flexor issues. And then so he's going to a doctor to find out, are they related? Um, so that's a little scary because he never quite got his um, his mojo back. He never got his his uh, velocity back up mm-hmm. after the surgery from last year. Um, so, yeah, Listella, uh, you've got uh, Maranta, you've got, and even um, Crawford is banged up right now, too. Um Belt had a little bit of an issue a couple of weeks ago, a week ago. Wade, so it, forgot about Wade. Lamont Wade Jr. I mean, we're, you know, it's, it's just kind of, uh, it's painful to watch because, yeah, like you said, this team is not, this, this team's depth is top prospects. That that's what this team's depth is. If you really want to deep dive, so Al- Alex Pavlovich um, said that there, you know he posted today about the taxi squad. Uh, right now, it's Vossler, who you're probably going to see activated tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, most likely if Listella goes on the IL. Uh, Estrada, uh, Connor Menez, and uh, Castro, um, who we have not seen yet. We have not seen Curvin Castro. Um, 
love to see him come up if needed. But again, AAA season starts on Thursday. Uh, so these guys are probably going to be going from the taxi squad right to Las Vegas where um, Sacramento opens up the se- their season. These are AAA guys. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's kind of tough to see this happen to this team so early, but not, not, a, not so much so early, but all at once, um, especially with the infield. But they're keeping their defense solid. Um, they, they've got a, a great coaching staff that that really kind of knocks into them the importance of of, of fielding. And that's uh, Kai, uh, Kai Correa, the bench and infield coach. Um, he gets a ton of credit from these guys, especially in spring training. Wilmer Flores, uh, Mauricio Dubon, they really worked hard with him. That's why you see their offense, or, or I'm sorry, their defense is much better this season. Um, so having to kind of shuffle guys around, it's really testing things right now. And now with Listella gone for a period of time, uh, when does Donnie Barrels come back? Uh, um, you know, I haven't heard an update on him. Uh, so it's kind of tough. It's tough to watch. And, you, and you're kind of feeling like you're teetering on the edge a little bit. And they kind of are. Um, you know, they could have afforded to lose uh, an outfielder like Yastrzemski. They have a lot of outfielders. But they, at this point, they really cannot afford to lose one more infielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be that would be a little hard to, to come back from. Uh, and because then, you know, who, I don't even know who would be in their uh, in their minor league system who would kind of be next. Like who, who is even next for for that? Well, you're looking at uh, so Jason Krasan, uh infielder who played quite a bit in spring training. Uh, he played second base a lot. Will Wilson is not going to be coming up. He's he's not ready. Logan Wyatt still young, not not ready. Um, so and, and Arizmendi Alcantara is another name. He was uh, with the Angels a couple of years ago. Giants signed him to a minor league deal. He's a switch hitter. Uh, he could play a couple different infield spots. I think in one game he actually played uh, in the minor leagues. You know they do this with guys who can play everywhere. In one game they have them play literally everywhere. And so he did that in a minor league game a couple of years ago. So there's a, a couple of names, Alcantara and Krizan, who you might see. And I don't want it. Let's just say I don't want to see them because that means we're in some dire straits at that point. You know who's still in the league? A higher Adrianza. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there's a blast from the past. <laughs> what about Manny Burris? Is Manny Burris still in the league? Manny Burris. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty sweet, man. <laughs> Get him over there. Where's um Oh, my boy. Uh guy who made the the, the last out at third base. Uh uh, in Kane's uh, no-hitter. Oh, yeah, role. yeah, yeah. He was a defensive <laughs> specialist. What was his name? Yeah, I can't even remember or at this what, point. What about <laughs> Eugenio Velez? There, one of my favorites. He was one of my favorites uh, back in the 08, 09 era. Uh, Eugenio Velez. I took, believe it or not, I took a lot of pictures of the guy at uh, during spring training one year just because I just I like that name so much. <laughs> Eugenio. Eugenio. I used to call him the Hands of Stone. <laughs> Fans of stone. There we go. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's look. Uh, let's look at this week. Uh, obviously, you mentioned at the top of this show the Giants were scheduled to play today, but the game uh, got postponed because of weather. So they're going to have a, two, a doubleheader on Tuesday. Two seven inning games. 
I don't know if that bodes well or not. I like who does that favor? The seven, like, do we know? Do, has there been any data on who the seven inning game favors? Like, does it favor the home team? Does it favor the team with better starting pitching? Like, the Giants are going to be in Colorado, and the, the, so they have, um, they they are two. What are they? Five and one against the Rockies so far this year, but all those games have been at uh, at home at Oracle. So this is the first time this season where they actually do go to uh, Colorado. Has not been kind to us in the past, for sure. Very much broken our hearts just losing games we shouldn't have lost in Colorado. So, I don't know. Two, three games in Colorado, they technically should probably win a couple of those, but you never know what happens. And then go back uh, to San Diego. They are, what are they? To three and three against the Padres this year, but again, all those games have been no. They uh, the, they played the first series in in San Diego, I believe, right? Yeah, well, they played the first two first, series okay, in San so, Diego. So, so yeah, so we get them at home. Get this them time, at home. That's the thing. Nice for so, a change. So finally, we get them, and so we play them pretty well. You know what's interesting is we don't see the Dodgers for like three weeks. That's crazy. Or Arizona. I don't know what the schedule makers did, but you know, when you have a giant Dodger rivalry, you pit them against each other early. Have the, have the Yankees played the Red Sox yet? I don't even know if they've done that either. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, you know, is it like a little bit of hype? We don't want to face these teams against each other early in the season because, you know, it doesn't mean as much. But now here we are, 28 games in the season. Now we want to see the Giants and Dodgers play, but now it's not even going to be till the end of the month. So it's pretty pretty crazy. I, I just throw it out there real quick. So it was Matt Cain, uh, 2012. <clears throat> I, I said no hitter is perfect, perfect game, game. Obviously Joaquin, the dream Arias, Yes. Arias made the, made the last out of the, uh, or, or gobbled up. I should say the last out of that perfecto. So it almost, looked, yeah, it almost looked like he said to himself as he made that throw, like, do not <laughs> screw this up. Yeah. Well, he went back on the ball. Remember mm-hmm. it took a tricky hop on him and he, he even like went back and took it in the gut. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> uh, all right. So th- uh, six games this week, three against the Rockies, three against the Padres. I won't make you uh, predict again. No, I want to. Do you, you're going to predict these. Are you going to predict? Put me on the line. All right. So six games, <laughs> uh, three in Colorado, three home against the Padres. The Giants currently have a, um, they have a one and a half game lead on the Padres, and they are seven games up on Colorado this early in the season. So, okay, well, I give my prediction. You look up real quick. I'm just kind of curious. I haven't seen yet. I, I know the Dodgers are rained out also tonight, so one more ga- one more day in, in first place at least. But I'm kind of curious if the Dodgers play a doubleheader tomorrow or if they're going to push that to Wednesday. Um, I, will, I will look up their schedule and see what it okay. says. Okay, so, so tomorrow, Colorado, doubleheader. Wood is going to go in game one, I believe, and Sanchez in game two, or they're going to flip-flop those. I'm not sure. Really, seven-inning games... Wood could go a complete game and Sanchez can go a complete game. Uh, well, Sanchez, not so much, probably more like a five inning. Yeah, game. That's actually probably um, better for him. Get him his five yeah, innings I, and then just hammer them with, you know, your, your, your bullpen. So if you're the manager, do you look at that and you say, I would like to have a guy who can possibly throw all seven inning game, uh, all seven innings going to game one or game two. 
Um, let yeah, let let uh, let's throw the complete game in game one, and then you just throw, you know, your arms at game two, and just try to do whatever you can to win that game. Yeah, because Sanchez isn't hitting his velocity right now. Uh, he may go four or five. You don't want to tax that bullpen. You, you could one. even you could even think of it as like that. Like okay, let's just try and get through three. And then, oh, let's get through one more. And then, like I said, then you then you can open the bullpen because you have a day off today. Obviously, you uh, yeah. you didn't really tax the bullpen yesterday. So yeah, you could really do that if Wood does give you that that good first game for sure. Well, and and you also with the double header rules, you get an extra player um, for tomorrow. And so their taxi squad is. Let's see. Uh, Estrada Castro, Menez. So you might see Connor Menez, or you might even see Curvin Castro tomorrow. Don't know. Um, so yeah, so that that's that's a good call because then in, uh, then you don't have so much pressure on Wood in Game Two when you say, well, Sanchez only went two, and then we had to go five innings in the bullpen. So dude, go out there and throw seven innings. You're like, oh crap. Okay. So yeah, I think you throw Wood in game one and just see how far he can go from there. So I go Giants sweep tomorrow and then game three, uh, they could win. Uh, You know, it's going to be a wacky Coors game. So two and one, and then they come home, San Diego for three, two out of three there, Uh, four and two. Let's give a four and two week. I like it. Giants haven't lost many series, and they're just coming off of a series loss, so I think they're a little pissed off. I just, uh, yeah, I just hope that by the time they get to San Diego, uh, or this when San Diego comes to San Francisco, I hope a couple of those guys who are dinged up are, are ready to play because they're going to need them. Yeah, that's going to be the key. All right, before we get to the last segment, which is something that you wanted to save, uh, what are you drinking tonight? All right, so... <laughs> I'm okay. Well, let's talk about the drinks. And then I've got a couple of fun little things I'm going to throw out before we get to the, that last segment. Um, so I went, I, okay. I had to go to work today. Uh, I don't want to cry for me. Um, I don't like going into work because I work in it and it's a thousand times easier for me to remotely work a lot less distractions. Um, I can kind of cruise through things a little bit quicker when you're at work. Sometimes you're just putting out fires at the same time. You are also trying to get your work done. So going to work today, I came home and I made it a scotch day. Uh, I like to hit the heavier stuff, even though it's, you know, it's lighter in alcohol than most bourbons. It's 43%. I came home, grabbed myself two ice cubes. A nice whiskey glass and threw in my Highland Park 12-year-old Viking Honor single malt scotch. One of my favorites. Just so peaty and tasty, smooth, a little bit of honey. It says on the back, uh, aromatic smoky pear. I don't think I get that, but uh, (laughs) rich fruitcake. Sure. I think I get a little bit of that. Heather honey sweetness. Just said that. I think I got that. Natural color, because here's the funny thing. With scotch, now with bourbon, okay, here it is. So with bourbon, you cannot do artificial coloring. You can't do it. With scotch, there are no rules against it. Oh, wow. If you put artificial color in bourbon, it is now not bourbon. What does it become? Uh, 
it's just something else. You can't call it bourbon. You can't legally call it bourbon. Maybe, there, there's actually a law that says that. Maybe, why don't we create bourbon and put like some funky coloring in it and just make it our own thing? <laughs> just turn it like, uh, just turn it orange. We'll call it Giants. Uh, well, we can't call it. I, Giants I, maybe you could call it whiskey. Something like that. Yeah. I see. At that point, you could call it scotch, but you've got it. You know, there's other things you have to do in scotch. But in Scotland, you can put food coloring because, the, like I told you last week, they use sherry barrels. Well, used sherry barrels, you don't get a ton of color out of those. Mm-hmm. So I, one of my favorite scotches is Laphroaig 10-year uh, cask barrel. I can't remember it's, it's exactly what it's called, but uh, select barrel. Uh, that one is almost clear. It's very, very light brown color, and they don't use any color in that one. Um, so I can see other scotches where they're like, well, that's not that appealing. So let's color it up just a little bit. But this one says right on the back, natural color. Nice. There's your education on that. <laughs> okay, so I got something funky for you, which is uh, my wife went to the store and came back with hard kombucha. Whoa. <laughs> and and kombucha already has a little bit of alcohol in it, like trace amounts. Do you like the taste of kombucha? I had one. Okay, so I didn't know quite what it was. We have a... Um, kind of a hippie shop down by my work and I love to go to it because I'm a hippie. I'm a little bit of a hippie. Um, so it's called the Great Basin Co-op. Um, and so I went in there and got kombucha one day and I didn't know it had traces of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I had, at the yeah, let's just say it was at the end of the day, uh, I had uh, the full bottle of it and I was like, why do I feel <laughs> like I had a couple sips of a scotch or something. I mean, we're, we're talking trace amounts. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. talking not even, I mean, a beer is 5%. Uh, this was not even 1%. It, it was very, very, you probably get more in cough medicine. Yeah. Um, but, but still I felt like, wow, that's crazy. But I did really enjoy it. I haven't had it since, but I really liked it. Okay. It has a different taste because of the fermentation and, and all that. I like it, but when I found out that, you know, there's actually a a decent amount of sugar in the kombucha, I stopped drinking it. But for this, so it's about 100 calories. It's in a can. It's called Strange Beast, and strange is spelled in a funky way. (laughs) Um, Of course. And it is watermelon, sea salt, lime, and mint, so it is very tasty. Uh, It it is pretty light. It is 4%. And the problem with stuff like this and me, though, is I drink it like it's Kool-Aid. And so I just (laughs) kill it, right? So I I can't, like, just drink this, like, slowly and responsibly. I just go, oh, I'm thirsty. (laughs) Boom. It's gone. So, so that's kind of me and uh, and this strange beast, but very interesting tasting. You know, the the, the there there is some ca- some caloric intake here, hundred calories. So you know, you kind of gotta you, know, you don't have to completely like be careful, but you you know you, you drink three or four of them and it'll sneak up on you. Oh, for sure. And and so I'm here's a here's a secret. I'm beer connoisseur. I like my fine beers, but I don't necessarily discriminate. So on the occasion where I go to a Mexican restaurant and I'm like, mm, what do you guys have? 
okay, they don't have uh, anything local, microbrews, whatever. Cool. I'll take a Corona with a lime. And if it's a hot day and I'm in my backyard and I have a Corona with a lime, I can, and, and I've just finished yard work, I can finish that Corona in like three or four mm-hmm. seconds. And then I'll just grab another one. Heck yeah. And then, then I'll sip on that second one. But it, it is very thirst quenching, mm-hmm. something about a Corona with a lime. So I know what you're talking about with a kombucha. You can just like hit that and you get a couple sips and you're like, this is very refreshing. I can't stop. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay, what, what are the couple of things that you have before we get to the, the true false all right. Actually, just, uh, yeah, just a couple of quick things. So n- number one, you know, we love to do uh, Twitter. We love to be on Twitter during the games. We love to chat it up with everybody and we'll comment on other people's stuff just because it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it's like, it's like being in a game. It's like hanging out with everybody watching a game and, and, you know, this guy did this. Oh, how about this? You know, blah, blah, blah. So we really have a good time and uh, we love when, when people talk back to us and interact to us. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I just want a quick shout out to Anna SF gal uh, at giants B B E E is her Twitter handle. Uh, she was super excited. I commented on something uh, while we were watching the game yesterday. She was super excited. She said, oh, my God, you guys follow me. We're not celebrities. We're just two <laughs> dudes who love the Giants. We're just talking baseball. So, But but I thought that was really awesome. Uh, I, we, we love to follow you guys back, too. Um, so if you're following us, and we're, we're, there's a really good chance we're going to follow you back because we just like to see that Giants banter in our timeline. It's just boom, one after the other during the game. You know, when Posey hits a home run, there, we we probably see like 50 posts in a row of everybody getting excited. So for us, it's like being at the ballpark. So keep it up. We love it. We love the interaction and uh, love to see you guys all on Twitter. That one game where the Giants won like 12-0, I think that was the Talkman game. And uh, I think that was also the game where you, <laughs> uh, you shut off early. And so I was yeah. still up. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll keep tweeting. And then um, as uh, the game's kind of a little bit of a laugher, so I was just like, all right, everybody's trying to come up with a Talkman nickname or some sort of saying. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're retweeting all of them. So I retweeted like seven different Talkman <laughs> nicknames. Uh, since you were calling out uh, or giving a shout out, the other person I want to shout out. Now, I have like my hardcore Giants friends uh, who I um, – you know, I actually would go to games with and who back in the day, Giants Twitter was a little bit different back in the day. But uh, my friend uh, Mary Walton and Kelsey and my buddy Darren and Butch Husky, a.k.a. Peter, who he, um, you know, he, he he had season tickets and, you know, we, we'd get to go to games with him. So those are like my old school crew. Like I'm always thinking about those guys when I'm watching Giants games. But with this Twitter account, there are some people who I'm like, oh, that'd be so fun just to see them at a game and say hi. So another one of those people is um, her handle is X Salt Sickle. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't even know what her first name is, but <laughs> she is a, she's a really fun Giants follow. I don't know if she listens to us, uh, the podcast, but um, yeah, so I want to shout her out too because I get a kick out of her tweets, but uh, there's, so, there's lots of fun people who are talking about the Giants in our Twitter feed. And uh, like, there's another guy, uh, Candlestick Will. I, I, I dig Candlestick Will a lot. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, really, yeah. you know, there's not, I, I, what did we find? Like one person who we were like, eh, we kind of have to unfollow this person. But like, that's it, right? Out of all the people we follow, <laughs> yeah. there's like literally one bad, you know, yeah. one, one bad egg. 
And and the reason we did that, though, is because that person was just yes. highly political. So in our timeline, it was just politics, politics, politics. That's not yeah. what we do. We're all about baseball. Our Twitter handle is baseball giants. I mean, shoot, if you're a Dodger fan and you follow us, we'll follow you back. We don't care. It's baseball. Uh, if you bring politics into it, we probably won't. Yeah. We'll probably just kind of get you off of there. And so so we don't see your stuff. You want to follow us and listen to us about baseball? That's awesome. We just don't want to see tons of politics. So, but whatever. I mean, we just have a blast doing it. it again, it's like that big Giants community, baseball community. You can get that on Reddit. You can get that on other places. But there's nothing like it during a game on Twitter when you're following massive amounts of Giants fans to get that feel that you're hanging out of the ballpark. Yeah, it is absolutely. a lot of fun. All right. What's your what's your other thing? All right. Uh, I mean, this one's kind of goofy, but it's fun. So uh, if you remember the names Phil Bickford and Mike Kickham, you remember those yes. names? Those are Giants uh, draft picks. So 2000 Bickford Bickford was like a top, like a number 10 pick. He, he was a, a number 18 for the Giants in okay. 2015. So he was part of the trade with Andrew Susak, who went to uh, Will Smith for Will Smith uh, to the Milwaukee yeah. Brewers. So yesterday he was uh, DFA'd by the Brewers and then picked up by the Dodgers, unfortunately. I did see that yes. today. But... To make room, the Giants, or I'm sorry, the Dodgers had to DFA 2010 Giants six-round draft pick Mike Kickham to make room for Bickford. So I thought that that was a little interesting. They had posted that. uh, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was on Twitter. It might have been, oh, I can't find it right now, but... uh, but it was pretty, oh, I think it was Pavlovich. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Pavlovich. So he threw that out there. And so I started doing the research. I'm like, yeah, I totally remember these guys. How did they get to our team? And then what happened to them since? Um, so Phil Bickford, we, you know, we got a lot of nice usage out of Will Smith for the the time being. And then uh, ended up uh, getting some good uh, prospects for him when he went to uh, Atlanta. So that was kind of nice. Um, so anyways, I thought that was funny. Let's yeah, that's uh, that's it's it's a little bit of, you know, the the giants of the past would always get rid of a, a player maybe a little bit too early, and uh, <laughs> they've been a lot better about that. And Bickford did not come back to bite us. No, he did not. And I've got to look up to uh, because now I'm going to be wondering. Uh, you know what? I don't think the Giants even traded Will Smith. I think he just walked. Yeah, he did. He just walked, and in 2019, yeah, uh, 2019, he was signed to a three-year deal. Hmm. So there you go. All right, uh, on to the fun stuff. You ready? Yes. All right, last segment. I got a little true-false for you. So give me a true-false, and uh, and then I'm going to write these down, and we're going to go back at the All-Star game, we're gonna, uh, All-Star break, and we're going to look at these because All these, right, you're you're going to pick two, right? Nah. Yeah, I'll pick. Why not? Okay. Let me pick. I got to make two columns now. Hang on here. G. So this is just up until the All-Star break. This is just up until the All-Star break. All right. Number one. I've got five for you. Number one. Buster Posey right now has six home runs. True or false? At the All-Star break, he has 15 home runs. False. False. I do think he gets the double digits, though. I'm actually going to go with true. Wow. I'm going to say he has another burst. He seems to be hitting home runs in bursts right now. Yeah. And I think right before the All-Star break, 
Nice heat. Let's let's take a look real quick and see where they are right before the All-Star break. They're at home. Ooh, that's tricky. They're at home for six games before the All-Star break. Not known for... He's hit a couple there, though. Yeah, he has. But, but before those six games, they're in Arizona for four over the 4th of July weekend. So Oh, they're facing Bumgarner. He he could hit, he could hit 18 there in no he can. All right, so I'm going to go I'm going to go with true on that one. Okay. That is out on a limb too, by the way. Number 2. Okay, Giants right now are 6 games over. True or false? At the All-Star break, the Giants are 10 or more games over. Okay, so how many games will they have played at the break? It's okay. not like a. I've got it's this not broken. Eighty-one. Down. Right? No, no, no. It's, so it's like ninety something. So they played twenty-eight games so far, and there are sixty-one games left before the All-Star break. All-Star break is at eighty-nine games for the Giants. Okay, so they. You're saying ten? Yeah, I think I think they're ten games over for sure. Ten games over? Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go true on that one as well. Okay. Here's a here's kind of a number three. It's a little bit of a, a two person. So let's let's give a half a point for each of these. Okay, uh, at the All Star break, true or false? Joey Bart is on the active roster, and this is at you know it, let's kind of take let's kind of take uh, injuries out of this. Okay. Okay, so that means that Casali, his spot. Is gone if if Bart's gonna ha- because you're not gonna carry three catchers, right? So or, or Belt has been traded, and you put Buster at first. Yeah, interesting. And carry I'm, three catchers. I'm gonna say false, but it's not. I I I think he will be up. Uh, you know, maybe not too much after the break. I just don't see it yet because I think I think if they're you know if they're competing like they are. I don't know how much of that stuff that they're necessarily going to want to do versus if they are, you know, maybe a fringe wild card contender, then they can do a little, a little bit more to get, to get guys like Bart ready. Yeah. I'm going to go with false on that one too. Uh, I think they want to see him get a, a large chunk of triple a under his belt. So I can see September. Yes. But I don't see all-star break. So I'm going false on that one. Part two of this question, another half point right here. Heliot Ramos is up before the All-Star break. True or false? Okay, I'm going to say false. As attractive as it may be, if he just starts slaughtering double-A baseball, (laughs) I really want to see him have like a full season in the minor leagues because... I, you know, you, he he's obviously a great talent. He's obviously someone who's been on the rise, but there has been a little bit of inconsistency in his career because of the pandemic. And I'd love to just see him, if anything, you know, let's send him up to AAA at the end of the season if Sacramento's you know fighting for a playoff spot kind of deal. And I just lo- I just want to see him play the full season, and then next year. You know, he's got that full season under his belt. And all of a sudden he's, you know, in spring training, he's like, oh, I'm competing here for a, you know, for a spot on, on the actual club. So I, 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 that's the, that's what I would prefer, I guess. Okay. So you're going false. I'm actually going true on this one. And, and this, this could also be, you know, he was called up and he's here for, you know, let's say three, four five days, not just called up on the roster sent back down. I mean, that's, that's an option at this point. That's going to be an option used at this point. Um, 
unless they keep with the taxi squads, but I don't think they're going to put Ramos. They're not going to put Bart on the taxi squad. They're on it now because the triple A and double A and single A seasons have not started. Uh, that's why Bart's on the taxi squad. But I mean, they've got to be called up at any point before the all-star break. There's, that makes sense, right? It doesn't have to be at the all-star break. They're on the roster. Right. So I'm going to go with true with Ramos on that. I think the Giants at some point are going to get so desperate for power, so desperate for excitement on offense. Um, if this offense continues the way it is going, um, again, I said injuries notwithstanding, uh, you know, we're going to see guys like Duggar who may not be around much longer. Um, you're going to see, you know, maybe rough is not around much longer. He's a great bat to have off the bench for the Giants, but if you're looking at a right-handed bat in the outfield at that point of the season, maybe you're looking at Ramos and saying, he's like you said, he's tearing the cover off the ball in double-A, played a little bit in triple-A. We need this bat. We need this excitement. We need this guy up in the majors. So I'm going to go with true on that one. Okay. All right. Number four, we got two left. Here's your boy. Brandon Belt, he's hitting 203 right now. Oof. Scuffling. Not that handsome. No, that's, that is not handsome at all. 28 games into the season, 61 games left to the All-Star break. Brandon Belt at the All-Star break is hitting 280 or higher. True or false? False. False. It'll be like in the 240 range, 245. Wow, that's low. I think he can go. Yeah, he's pretty streaky. So I get, I get the why the question exists is because he yeah. can, he can all of a sudden just for a series, you know, he's got three jacks and you know three walks and you know he's a six for nine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the the thing is, is I, you know the way that they utilize him today, it worked in that sixty game season last year. But he's he's all uh, he's often you know, not even playing, especially against lefties. So I think, you know, just the whole thing of, you know, he's going to play probably two thirds of the games just because, but he's also uh, not necessarily just the plug, you know, the shoe in guy, you know, Buster will be more of a shoe in guy when he's, when he's, you know, you don't have to worry about him catching so many games or whatever. He'll have his day off. But like you just pencil Buster in, you're just oh, Buster starting like no matter what. I don't think Belt is that guy anymore because you have Flores, you have Listella who could play there a little bit. You know, there's other guys who can play that position. So if he's struggling, he may not really get the opportunity to come out of it. Okay. No, I, and I'm with you on that. And I think I might have put that a little bit too high because I can see him in the actual 260 range because he is so streaky. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's still, this is only 28 games out of 89 that we've played so far and he's hitting 203. Yeah, I, th- I, can, I, I think he's going to, he'll, you know, he may not hit 300 for the rest of the way, but, you know, he's not, he's not a 245 hitter. He's hit a lot of balls hard too that just get caught. Um, yeah. But again, like we said, he's a streaky dude, and and so as as cold as he's been, he'll he'll also get really hot, and then people are like, oh, we're never gonna trade Belt. <laughs> and there is that crowd. Mm-hmm. There is that crowd. So I'm going with false on that. Also, two eighty. 
it's a little bit of a reach, and you you brought up a really good point. Yeah, he's not playing every day at this point. You know, with the Listella injury, and I can't say on this one take out injuries because it's already happened. Um, but with the Listella injury, we're going to see a little bit more of him. Um, you, you still will see you know Flores at first base. We haven't seen Buster at first base at all this season. Um, I don't even know if they plan to use him at first base at all. But who knows? So here's uh, question number five. Last question. At least one of these players will be traded before the all-star break. And these are, this is the pitching staff here. Wood, Desclafani, Aaron Sanchez, or Johnny Cueto? True or false? <sighs> I, I think there is obviously an opportunity for for Cueto to get traded if somebody really desperately wants him. I think if I'm a team, I, I would actually look at Sanchez and just wonder, okay, how do we get his his velocity back up? Um, because I think he's got something, but he for whatever reason, just maybe mechanically or health wise. So I'm gonna say false. But I'm least I'm probably the least confident in that one because the Giants have kind of a surplus of similar guys. Like, you know, at some point when Cueto comes back, then what does that mean? You know, is I guess my 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 thought is Logan Webb and Sanchez. There's not too big of a difference. They're fairly exchangeable. So the Giants essentially have six starting arms. And so that does make somebody. You know, if there's a team out there, if we can find another Talkman, you know, in a trade for for a Sanchez, you know, especially because you're saying, you know, if the offense continues to to be bad, they may be interested in in trade. I'm sure the teams are like, ah, that Desclafani guy, and you're like, no, but we got the Sanchez guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, hey, this guy uh, in his uh, showcase was throwing 95, 96. I'm like, yeah, but he's hitting 89 right now. Yeah, yeah. But you know yeah. what? Even at 89, he's still pitching well. Oh, absolutely. And and I'm with you on this. Uh, I can see Cueto or Sanchez. I'm not going to see Disclafani. I'm not going to see Wood, Wood signed to a two-year deal, so you're probably not going to see him get moved. Um, but Logan Webb, his last two starts were, were good. Uh, two starts ago was fantastic. His last start uh, against... Um, it was against San Diego, uh, was actually fairly decent. He did walk three in like six innings. So a little bit of a rough patch still with the, um, with the control, but Cueto, I mean, the giants are already paying him. If they don't trade him before the trade deadline or run him through waivers and somebody doesn't pick him up, they're eating that contract the rest of the season anyways. So before the all-star break, they could move Cueto to and I, and I hate to even say it to a contender because right now the Giants are a contender, mm -hmm. but they're not going to get anything for him, and they can plug in Webb. Um, you know what else they could do? Nick Tropiano, we haven't seen him yet, mm -hmm. and he could start also. Um, you know, and, and I'm excited to see Tropiano. I think he's going to be up fairly soon. Um, but but with a Cueto trade, you might see Nick Tropiano come up, uh, and and then the Giants just say, you know what? Here, you you take him. We'll take one prospect, and we'll eat the rest of the contract for the rest of the year because we're going to pay it anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know. It, it's it's I, I'm going to go with with 
true on that one that somebody will be traded. Hmm. Well, you're and gonna, what did you say? True or false? False. I uh, uh, false, false, but okay, false, yeah, false. I'm not. I'm not. That's like the least uh, confident I, I would say that I am. <laughs> Well, there you go. I've written them down. We're going to come back to the all-star break show and we're going to hit on those and see how we did. Yeah. Well, maybe, uh, some folks who are uh, listening, they should send us their answers too. If, if, yeah, if I, they want to, we do have an email address, Thompson, the number two Clark at gmail.com. So if you do want to give us your answers, definitely shoot us an email. Well, and also we'll uh, maybe uh, daily between now and uh, we'll do in the next five days, we'll throw up one a day on our Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, man. So uh looks like we are done here. Uh, have a, a pretty interesting uh, six games until we meet again and i think when we when we come back i think they they play the rangers like at home for a two gamer or something like that god interleague play man i tell you <laughs> not my not my favorite <laughs> all right so brad now we'll be back next week so for brad i'm double g we'll see you when we see you peace out peace <laughs>